Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Burgess. Um, it was a lot of times where going through medical school, um, missing certain little key things of little first steps and first words, um, it humbled me to a point where it was like, hey, I'm doing this. Um, I may not see that end result just yet, but it was a great motivating tool because when I did get home and I was able to see my kids' faces, it reminded me and reset me. All right. So tonight we have Dr. Dr. Alfred Johnson uh, joining me on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Dr. Johnson. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, man. All right. So Dr. Alfred Johnson is a um, internal medicine and pediatric physician working in Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, I've known him now for 20 plus years, dating back to the <laughs> days at Xavier University. So he is another resident of the third floor of St. Michael's dormitory. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is the roommate of former our former guest, Dr. Neil Lewis. So we'll talk a little bit about that relationship uh, and how we really just started kicking it off in 1998. So welcome again to the show. It's a pleasure, man. Pleasure. All right. So, Dr. Johnson, tell us about, um, I'm going to try to keep it formal. I might not call you Dr. Johnson again, but no, I respect you, right? <laughs> it's okay, man. I get yeah. it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, tell us about growing up. You are a child of a physician. So, tell us about your early life. Well, um, growing up as a, uh, a kid of a physician, you know, uh, we lived in a lot of rural areas. That's how my dad paid off of his, uh, his educational loans. And so, uh, for me, it was just kind of always knowing that my dad, even though those rural areas, he was always gone. Um, I, I, I kind of admired that. And so early on, my dad really made it a point to make sure that if I chose a field of medicine, that's what I wanted to do. And that was something that I needed to do. And the key word was need, um, because I was blessed with a lot of talents as it relates to other things I could have gone into. And actually, my dad kind of tried to push me into those things. Um, but, you know, passion, um, your calling always brings you right back to that point. And so um, seeing that firsthand, watching how busy my dad was, I, I knew what that would entail for my family, uh, what that would bring about when I chose to have a kid and have children myself. And so I wanted to do a little bit different. Um, that wasn't to say that my dad did anything wrong. You know, unfortunately, living in rural areas, you become that doctor. And so he was a practitioner. So pretty much he was being called all the time. So uh, did I miss him at certain games and miss him at different functions? Of course I did. Um, but there was that knowing that, hey, but when you go to the hospital, most likely you see my dad. And so for me, when I came into that, or especially when I got the opportunity to become a physician, what I did differently was just make sure I put myself in an area where I wasn't the only one. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in a position in which, okay, hey, I can still enjoy this field of medicine, um, but I can also try to take time from my family. And as you know, um, that's easier said than done. Um, uh, it, it requires a lot of you. It requires a lot of your time. And so um, I use my experience growing up in my family home and the dynamics that I had to remind myself how I felt so that I can have those conversations with my children, especially making sure that I'm explaining and talking to them about what's going on. And uh, so far, it's great to have a wonderful wife by your side that that understands that, too, and that has your back. Yeah, I like what you said about, hold on, you know, seeing your father as a young child when he was working and being in a small town, being the guy. Right. So mm -hmm. probably missed a lot of vacations, 
You know, I'd imagine that he was tied to the hospital, but that didn't push you away. It still drew you into the field of medicine. But you said at the same time, I want to do it differently. And, and you know, the thing is, is that um, I look back at a couple of things. We still enjoy things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look back at it, it's different now. You know, uh, back in the day, if I can say right. it that um drug reps and other stuff, they would actually offer things toward families. And so we got a chance to do certain things. Um, but how my dad practiced, he never wanted to be kind of under that envelope of this person did this for me. So I have to do this for them. So we still have fun. You know, that was where my mom stepped in. Um, you know, although my dad may have been tied down, uh, my mom made sure that we had that, that experience growing up. But what I can tell you that drew me to medicine even more was just that level of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not going to say respect, to respect belittles it, and then it also kind of puts a, a, a clarification on the title of MD. Uh, MD means nothing. Um, mm-hmm. as, um, but it's that, that level of like, wow, your dad did this for me. Right. Oh, wow. You know, I care about you because I care about your dad. Mm. Um, and that that special bond that you get, because once they knew that I was my dad's son, especially, you know, I shared his name, you know, it was something that was great on it, you know, because it pushed me to be like, all right, I'm named after my dad. I'm not going to disrespect him in any kind of way. So it was that that I saw that, you know, when people look at you in a different way, not just, hey, that's you, but thank you. Right. Hey, you helped me. You helped me to see things. And so that's what really pushed me to to be in a position to really touch families, not on a level that everybody needs to know. And that's why I kind of like being a physician because you don't need to know all the stuff I may have done for you. You know, that's not why I do it. Are you following Mm -hmm. me? The stuff that you do in your clinic, in your practice, um, on that surgical bed, everything is doing for that particular individual. And it's not really for that, oh, this is what all I did. And so that's where I kind of got drawn more and more to medicine. I got it. Now you grew up, I know we knew you as a St. Louis kid, but where all did yeah. you grow up? Well, I was born in Lexington, Mississippi. Okay. Um, and then we moved to Jackson, Mississippi after that. I stayed there for maybe a few years. Then we moved to Utah, Alabama. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. We, yeah, Utah, Alabama, then Port Gibson, Mississippi. Uh, and then that's when we moved to uh, St. Louis area. Gotcha. So, that's where each of those small areas, that's where my dad was being stationed at to uh, cover his education loans. Makes sense. All right. So you mentioned, you know, a man of many, many talents, and I definitely cannot disagree with that. And that's shown very early at Xavier University, you know, freshman year. Uh, quickly, you you showed your talents as a dancer, right? So <laughs> Alfred had a way of taking over that dance floor. You know, Neil was a close second. Neil followed along, but you know, it was Al's show without a question. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I see you throwing in some jabs. I like that. Uh, but yeah, we, you know, we like to keep it real right here on on timeout with the sports. Doctor, hey, but right? you know what though? I, I think about the college life. You know, you you bring what you got. You yeah. know, uh, you're trying to make a name for yourself and. Uh, be who you want to be, you show what you can do. And so that's what I liked about when we all met up with each other, man. It was like an instant bond immediately. You know, uh, all egos aside, we all kind of had that same that same motivation, but that same true connection. And that's where 
it was real amongst all of us, right? Right at the dormitory. Well, actually, even before that, you know, we came up through a Howard Hughes. Right. So uh, <laughs> all of us were meeting each other way before college even started. So it was, it was good, man. And and to see where you are, to see where all of us are, uh, you know, I always speak to my kids about that. I said that it's it's wonderful that at a text message, at a, a phone call, you know, um, we're all successful minorities um, doing well in our field. And so uh, uh, college, going back to that, you know, that's just, you know, you got to you gotta do you, you know. You got <laughs> those boys that, uh, you know, <laughs> let everybody know that football was where it was at. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and the thing, like you mentioned, we can talk, no, or not talk for years, right? But then. Yeah. You get on the phone, you send a text, and you're reconnected. And that was one thing that the pandemic, it brought us back together. You know, it did. It would have been years, really, before we all talked and we started having these uh, conversations via Zoom. And, you know, mm -hmm. that really helped when people sharing their experiences. This is what we're seeing in, you know, Georgia. We're seeing this in Florida. We're seeing this right. in Pittsburgh, whatever. And sharing those unique experiences as we were all just trying to figure it out. You know, nobody really yeah. knew what was going on. But it helped to be able to fall back on people that you have a familiarity with. So that's one of the blessings for sure that's come out of the pandemic, connecting with people that you're close to, at least for myself. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, uh, we all had the same understanding. You know, we we're going through medical school. We're going through residency. Uh, we're trying to build our practices. Um, so um, even when we didn't speak, it wasn't in any kind of disrespect. It yeah. was understanding that each of us was kind of creating our own path. Um, but what the beautiful is that we would stop everything that we could to kind of make sure that we chat up with each other. And you're right, that pandemic really opened the lines of communication for us to kind of say, uh, when is going to be that time where we actually start actually having that that one-on-one -on -one conversation again? You know, is it going to be where we're too old at that point? And so uh, I, I do appreciate you fellas um, because uh, um, you definitely motivate me. Yeah. Then let's talk about your family. You you were one of the first to have kids. And, you know, when you were one of the first to have kids and you had several kids right away, it was like, wow, Al has all these kids, you know. So <laughs> now I have three of my own. And uh -huh. tell us about your family. Well, you know, uh, right now um, I have four children, uh, ages of 16, 14, 12 and 10. Um, very early. Yes, it was different, you know, because I was the first one out of our little group to have kids. But um, it really wasn't about that. It was more so about like, hey, um, when Ebony and I got married, it was really the biggest thing was we're young. We're never going to really know everything. Mm -hmm. And we'd rather be the family that has children. And then when they get older, we're still young enough to still enjoy things and still be able to travel and do the things that we want to do. And so. Um, Really, when I look back at that, there was no like preset knowledge. It wasn't like I had a secret key of nothing. Actually, it was hard as crap, man. You know, that was part of the reason why um, you guys really didn't hear too much from me, because um, it was a lot of times where going through medical school, um, missing certain little key things of little first steps and first words, um, it humbled me to a point where it was like, hey, I'm doing this. Um, I may not see that end result just yet, but it was a great motivating tool because when I did get home and I was able to see my kids' faces, it reminded me and reset me. Mm -hmm. You know, 
allowed me to be able to kind of say, hey, this is where this is where it all means something. And so, um, you know, I, I look back at that, you know, and it was a lot of jokes you guys gave me. You know, uh, I, I thought about that. You know, you guys was joking that I got like 10, 12 kids. And stuff. <laughs> uh, but technically, you know, it was we got blessed with the opportunity to have children. Um, we wanted four. We got four. Um, but I look at it. It got me through a lot of tough times as it relates to going through school, uh, making paths for myself um, while at the uh, school I was attending and just kind of really staying grounded, you know? Yeah. No, I appreciate Like you said, it seems like you have a lot. Anytime you have more than two kids, it seems like 10 until you get <laughs> there and catch up, you know, so we close the gap on you, but you had the lead at first. So. <laughs> well, you know, like I always joke with you guys, you guys got plenty of time to catch up. So y'all go I'm ahead. Done. I, we tapped out. So <laughs> you, you are the champion, the grand champion, Alfred Johnson. Uh-huh. So, all right. <laughs> well, tell us about, so you practice uh, in internal medicine as well as in pediatrics uh, through mm-hmm. family medicine. So tell us about that career and how does that path look? Well, you know, um, Initially, I wanted to do family medicine. Um, that was where my heart was set on because my father, he was a family practitioner. So, you know, I wanted to be able to see and do it all. Um, but then when I got into residency, I realized that there was a track to where you can actually do internal medicine and pediatrics. And what's the difference between the two is simply uh, the avenues in which you can actually go in terms of traveling to a specialty. So where in family medicine, you kind of really... Uh, narrowed down. I mean, they may have opened up the fields a little bit more, um, but pretty much, you know, you can do OB OB work, uh, geriatric sports medicine, but you kind of leveled out with that area. Whereas internal medicine, pediatrics, you know, everything is still wide open. You know, everybody still has to go through one of those disciplines. And so I I wanted to be in a position in which if I ever were to change my mind, um, I have an opportunity to kind of just step right into one of those positions pretty easily. The other thing is, is that, you know, um, there are people out there that, you know, they may look at a family medicine doctor and kind of say, oh, well, you're just a family medicine doctor and put that title of general practitioner on them. Mm-hmm. Um, where I can wear both hats and stop for a second and be like, no, I'm that internist. Mm-hmm. I'm that internal medicine doctor. Um, and I'm that pediatrician too. So it allows me to still carry and work in the family medicine field, but I do carry those two different hats. Uh, so in my training, um, it was very tough because, uh, you know, you combine everything. Each of those disciplines separately are three years apart. So three years for internal medicine, three years for pediatrics. Um, so I did them both combined in four years. So it was a condensed program in which you're bouncing back and forth every three months. So um, uh, it was it was a it was a good choice for me. Um, and I did the, the path that usually is not often taken most med peds docs. And I, I got to be careful what I'm saying, cause statistics may have changed by now, but they usually are in hospital or hospitalists, or they are going on and doing those specialties, um, which is wide open, uh, hematology, cardiology, nephrology, whatever you name it. Um, but I chose to do outpatient and I use my experience, uh, with my four years as more of a a way of saying I've been in the hospital, worked in the ICUs, done the stuff to see the sick of sick um, so that when I'm in the outpatient world, I have that eye to be able to look and tell who's going to be needing that and if they're going to be okay to be treated outpatient. Now, you have an outpatient um, clinic setting or office setting, but you also do a lot of coverage in the hospital, correct? 
That's correct. Uh, you know, I still cover in the hospital. Uh, right now, I've changed my pattern to where mainly who I see in the hospital is now just mainly pediatrics. Okay. Um, early on, um, I did both. And so you remember I told you or uh, we spoke about it. I work in two different departments. So mm-hmm. early on, it was very tough because there was two call schedules. And so there was requiring me to be on call every weekend, pretty much. Wow. Past four years or four and a half, really, I mainly have been just doing pediatrics. Um, so I gave up my hospital privileges as it relates to uh, the adult side of things just because it was just too busy. Because uh, trying to round in the morning, have an outpatient clinic, round again in the uh, midday or right at lunchtime, go back to outpatient clinic and then round again afterwards, you know, that was getting too busy for me. So right now it's just mainly pediatrics and I'm enjoying that lifestyle right now. Got it. All right. So on timeout with the sports doctor, this is your final timeout. So um, I'm going to ask you, you know, growing up as a kid, a child of a physician, right? And now as Mm -hmm. a physician yourself um, with children, you, your children have more or are exposed to more than average kid that they're in with in school or their friends or their circle or whatever, you know, how do you keep your, kids grounded you know this is one thing i know that my kids have a lot more now than i ever had as a kid Um, but you don't want to raise brats at the same time you want them to appreciate what they have um but still have that respect for other people and still not just walk around with their nose in the air and shunning other people so what are some things that you do because you're very down to earth you know you fit in the circle with the rich kids, the poor kids, whoever. What do you, how do you raise your kids to, to respect that, but still, you know, have high goals and high, for achievement? Well, I mean, I, I think I just carried on from what was taught to me um, when I was growing up in general. Um, first, understanding that it's a privilege to kind of have the things that you have, but you never should take it for granted because that can always be taken away from you quickly. And so um, anytime that, uh, uh, I'm blessing my kids with opportunities, with items, with materials. Um, I carry on with the word as it relates to, hey, remember, this is a blessing. Um, But it also can be a curse. Because if you don't understand that this took hard work to to get this, or this took hours, or this took manpower to kind of be able to kind of get the money to be able to buy this or purchase this, uh, if you take that for granted and you just think that it's going to automatically come, then I haven't really taught you anything. And so ultimately, um, I kind of did exactly what my parents did. You know, um, my kids know we have, but they don't know what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, now my kids are older. I'm having more conversation with my teenagers to kind of let them know about how to handle money, manage it. Um, and so everything is an opportunity. You know, um, I gleaned from my experience off the chance when it shows up. So, A, everything is led by example. So for me, you know, if I always went after the flashy stuff and always kind of talked about or bragged about the name brand, this name brand, that, then I'm leading my kid down that path of being exactly what you talked about. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I don't do that. You know, what they hear me talk about is going to be about what I what I actually need and then the things that I want. But if I want something, I'm already explaining myself that, hey, if I want something, I need to first make sure it's not going to harm my family or hurt my family in any kind of way just because I wanted it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it really starts with what you show. 
Because if all of a sudden you're all about just the name brand this, the name brand this, you have to be careful. Your kids are going to idolize that and that's what they're going to want. So whatever you say is going to mean nothing to them because that's what they saw you do. And so that's one of the things I share with my families as it relates to just behaviors. You know, kids are, are very smart, very early. Absolutely. They want everything you do. So just like a, a six month or nine month or going into that 12 month, 15 month age and they can hold up a phone and, and almost mimic everything you do and unlock phone uh, 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 apps. The thing is, because they're watching everything you do. So really actions in this case, this case speaks louder than words. So everything is led by example. So that's the one thing that I can say that I'm blessed to have a wife that I do, because could we get stuff? Yeah, but that's that's not the purpose. You know, like what is what is it going to bring? Um, And I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect. You know, there are some that I definitely said I wanted, but it was explained to my kids, Mm -hmm. you know. Was, it was talked out loud. Yeah, I really want that. I don't need it, <laughs> but I really want that. Yep, and it's going to probably set, set this back a little bit. I'm going to have to do X, Y, and Z, but that is how I, I hopefully have taught my children about the value of, of money, the value of living life and enjoying your position, because currently I'm navigating that my kid is about to graduate high school, you know, dare I say. He's in mm-hmm. his junior year. So, um, is really making sure that I'm having those conversations with him and making sure that he understands that I want him to pick something that he truly enjoys. Um, and it's not all about money. Right. So it's because it's there's some people that you know and I know that went into this field all about money and they did not make it. Mm-hmm. Are you or following they went me? In because their parents pushed them into it. Exactly. They crashed and burned. And so everything that I'm doing is really trying to make sure that they understand. I want them to find their passion. And that's going to be my job to make sure that I provide them the opportunities to succeed in that passion or to know if that's their true calling. Um, Because everything in life is given to us as gifts. And it's all about how we use them and how we see it. Um, Because not every setback means that we're in trouble. Um, Just be well, as it all the slogan says, setback is the next comeback. And so really everything is about example. So I can't really give you specifics. All I can say is, is that my lifestyle, I have chosen to make sure it's set as an example of what I want and I want to see from my kids. Absolutely. And it's, I'm going to tell you, it's beautiful because that simple notion, you know, and it's not all about talk. It's just about what you show them. And when you can sit back and watch your children do those actions, are you following me? Step yeah. in, put the door for somebody, ask how they're doing, step in and offer help when you don't have to nudge them to do it. Um, hear their conversations or hear what they said in this situation and a teacher comes back and tell you about mm-hmm. that. Those are the moments as a father that all you can do is almost kind of hold back tears and be like, all right, I, I, out of everything I, I could have done, I at least did that okay. Right. We're doing something right. Yeah. I, I did something right. You know, yeah. I, I, kinda, yeah. I did that because, you know, you know this. I don't want to raise any children that feel like they're just super privileged. Mm-hmm. And they themselves did not achieve anything. Right. Are you following me? That's Shaq right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> you Shaq. You ain't rich. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm rich, rich, but you're not. <laughs> but absolutely. And so for me, it's just an example, man. 
No, I appreciate it, man. I, you know, that was beautiful. And that really sums it up. That really sums it up. We're imperfect and we're just doing our best. And those times, like you said, when somebody comes up and say, man, your kid is great. It's really a joy teaching your children. You know, I wish I had a classroom full of kids like yours that you say, yes. you know, okay, it's working. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, without a without a doubt, this is going to be a blessing to many. You know, I appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Uh, thank you for sitting down with me to do this interview, um, and especially with the information about you know COVID and the vaccines, because we really have to do our our part to push this word to our community. So I really appreciate well, you. I'm gonna say uh, definitely, it was a pleasure uh, being able to talk to you on this platform, Doctor Burgess. Uh, <laughs> you are transforming a lot of people. Uh, in your area, and I'm blessed to know you. Um, and be kind of say that I had an opportunity to meet you in this lifetime. So, uh, blessing to you and your family, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to be praying for you that you always be able to find the time to give quality to your family, um, because I know that you're doing that with your work. But I pray that you are always able to find that time for quality, uh, because it's always not about the quantity of time; it's that quality. That's what really counts. All right. Appreciate that blessing, man. All right. I'll be in touch with you. All right. Absolutely, man. Take care. Yep. Thank you for your continued support with this podcast. A five-star review would be greatly appreciated. Subscribe to this podcast so you can continue to get the updated information and new episodes. Thank you.